Fuck this fuck. Hi, welcome to Jordan Talks Titans, a show about Titans. The show where every week we cap the TV show Titans on HBO Max. It's a show about HBO Max, but also DC Titans. That's the show we talk about. It's a show that I thought would be a good idea to talk about again. Season 3 would be funny. You know, Nightwing, Red Hood. It's going to be good. Barbara Gordon's there. It's going to be like there's going to be a Batgirl. There's Tim Drake. All this good stuff. There's no fucking Tim Drake. He only made like a glimmer appearance in, in episode 1. And it never fucking showed up again. And this is fucking becoming horse shit now again. <sighs> I mean, hi. Hello. Welcome Jordan Talks Titans. It's episode four of season three. It's a show where we recap the TV show Titans. I try not to hurt myself in the process. Recap the show, call it a day, and give you suggestions for something else on HBO Max to watch besides Titans. For the sanity of myself and for my friends on the main podcast, Fun Time Calls. Uh, so, uh, just to fully recap, so far, uh, Titans, season three just showed up, and they're doing the funnel binge format, where the first three episodes had a launch date, so you would binge watch them, and now they're doing the once a week episodes, kind of like Marvel's What If, or Loki, or Mandalorian, or Falcon Winter Soldier, and, I mean... It makes it easier to watch, but and makes it easier for a recap podcast like this. Uh, but at the same time, oh, Jesus Christ, did I fall into a trap again? Did am I am I Jonathan Crane walking through a comedic net in the woods? I feel like this is the I if we can go into metaphors. I feel like a young Dick Grayson running through the woods against a wolf. And eventually, this is going to end with me with a knife just stabbing the shit out of a wolf. That's that's what the show is. Now, if you're wondering, why the fuck is there a recap show about Titans? Uh, I would kind of figure that no one here is going to watch Titans. So let's just leave it to a guy who likes Teen Titans and Nightwing to try and dissect the Titan show. And just try and make sense of it, which it doesn't do very well. Folks, it's not going to surprise anybody, but this show isn't good. I don't think... Doom Patrol is good. I recommend Doom Patrol. I recommend uh, Legends of Tomorrow on the CW. I, I still am still jugg like juggling, like, who is this for other than, like, someone who's, like, an edgelord teenager who's, like, 16, 17, 18 years old. They grew up watching the Teen Titans cartoon... They saw the, like, Teen Titans Go cartoon, like, cartoon went, No, man, that's for wusses. I'm a grown adult. Fuck you, Mom and Dad. I'm gonna get into NFTs, eat shit. Rick and Morty's on Sundays. What's up, 4chan? Like, that's kind of the, the horse shit that I'm kind of thinking would be the primary fan for this. Because it's clear, it's, it's not gonna surprise anybody. I don't think I'm the target demo. I'm a grown-ass adult in the 30s. I am a, the age of Dick Grayson currently in the lore of the Titans TV show. And in this horseshit thing, which I'm guessing sometimes it's about family, other times it's about love and relationships, and it's never comprehensive. Uh, the first three episodes I thought were pretty well. Uh, some were hit, some scenes were hit, some were misses, but it did set the stage for what we were getting this season with Red Hood. Uh, I did bring up that, uh, well, they didn't really bring up the Starfire fight. They didn't bring up Cadmus and all these other things from season two at the very end. And, I uh, I guess we answered one of those questions right now with Blackfire. I mean, the episode is called Blackfire. So, uh... I, I just want to preface this by saying I love Starfire in the Titans show. I think the Starfire character in, in Teen Titans, the cartoon, yeah, it's very cute. You know, she's a whimsical, happy alien princess. Makes sense to go. Then in Teen Titans Go, she's kind of like uh, someone who doesn't understand idioms and uh, uh, tries to go with that weird foreigner kind of thing. 
So it, it's kind of like, uh, so how is your butt that's been kissed when you say kiss my ass or something? Like, that's that's the Starfire jokes of the Teen Titans, uh, c- like, cartoons. And then in the comic books, Starfire's interpretation depends on where you go with. Sometimes she's just as badass bitch. And hell yeah, that's what we kind of want to see in this new Titans. Uh <laughs> Someone that they can walk into a room and Savage is about to be playing by Megan the Stallion just as soon as she's like torches up the entire room. That that's that's a Starfire I would want to see in Titans. Um, at the same time, uh, a lot of interpretations of Starfire's still that she's stupid idiot and no one likes her. What a baby! Um, and that's just that's just not pretty either. And it's really tough. I mean, the DCU Starfire was kind of okay at first, and then that started, like, dipping out. Uh, and I understand it. You're trying to go for a fish-out-of-water alien story with uh, with Starfire. Uh, <clears throat> what I kind of think would have worked better is if you had, like, a Gabriel Piccolo, Kimi Garcia take on Starfire instead of whatever the hell's going on with any of these interpretations and Tynan's is also included in the list. Um, it it feels like they wanted more with Starfire, and then like they were trying to put seeds to lead to things like to like this episode and other episodes probably later on in the series and probably season four if that ever gets picked up. But it doesn't feel like a, a fun ride. We never visit Tamaron. You already go through like you already killed the mom and dad. So you never really get that flashback unless you're doing a flashback scene. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it's it's a rough patch. But it's it's okay. Uh, so this episode is a uh, season, uh, is, is called Blackfire. Um, this was the weakest episode currently of the four episodes. Uh, this is the weakest. And by that, I mean, this is reminiscent of season two episodes and how shitty they are. Uh, in terms of writing and storytelling and the, um, like, for God's sake, please stop, like, it really is just, like, I don't know, there's, like, some sort of, like, I hate to say ADD kind of thing with the editing, but it seems like they, they're they trying to go for, like, the A plot and the B plot and to make it run its course so you can quickly bounce back and forth, but it, it sometimes the scenes don't linger linger too long, that it becomes boring and other scenes are just sort of like a guy runs says a line and then cut to something else in this episode that it's really obnoxious <laughs> i wish i could say like on, on in a I, i'm not trying to be a film school student i'm not trying to be a film theory kind of person or a critique but it never felt like the editing when it's fast is supposed to be like urgency and this is all supposed to happen at the same time this feels like we could have just had one mini episode be this and one mini episode be that because there really was no connection at the end of the episode that you could have easily edited and made like a midpoint situation do the Starfire and then go back to the Dick Grayson storyline. Uh, this is a very hostage MacGuffin style episode uh, that uh, I think fell flat. I think when it came to storytelling and, and the bullet points, it didn't do a good job either. A, because, the, here, I'll, the, the quickest way I can explain this before we get to Jordan recaps and nitpicks and gets whiny. Uh, basic screenwriting. Basic TV show screenwriting, especially with something like Titans, which is supposed to be an episodic that's about character growth. This has different characters, and they're supposed to go through their characters. So with each episode, if they are the main character, uh, in this case, the two main characters would be uh, Starfire and Dick Grayson. There will be something that challenges them, right, in screenwriting, on their own beliefs and what they stand for and what's the right direction. Do they stick with their own? Do they switch? And more importantly, a resolution. Why? What, what, what did make them make up that decision? And what is the rationale? None. Not a single one of the reasons make sense. 
because uh, at no point do you read the mind of Dick Grayson. At no point do you read the mind of Starfire that you just kind of looked at and go, "What the? Why the fuck did you do that?" That's that. At some points, if you're a headcanon person like Dick, like for your Nightwing fan fiction stuff, it's not going to be that woo woo Dick Grayson that you know and love. And for Starfire, it's more of a. But that isn't necessarily like what she would do. It it, it, it sort of feels like they, they just had someone who usually writes like maybe like who wrote maybe like the Deathstroke episode or something. I didn't do the research of who wrote this and I apologize if that person ever comes across to listen looking at this episode. Um, but I, I don't think I think this one needed some workshop or you just had too many fingers uh, from DC editorial, maybe Jeff Johns. Uh, but it is just horrendous. It is. I don't learn anything about Dick Grayson. I don't learn anything about Starfire. It, the only advancement in this episode, if you just so you can just skip ahead and move on. <clears throat> Red Hood has Jonathan Crane now, and he leaves. Starfire has Blackfire and Gar, and they all leave. That's it. That's the episode. That's the only seed in this episode. As long and you can write whatever you want around it. That's what we got. It's like season one fucking Titans all over again. As long as you have Starfire, a free Blackfire with Beast Boy, and you have a Red Hood taking Jonathan Crane and Nightwing losing at the end of this episode, you're good. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't fucking give a shit. <laughs> that's 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 what this episode is. So uh, that's your recap. That's all you need to to watch. This has been the 13 minute rundown of it. Uh, this episode sucks. There's nothing to get out of it other than Blackfire's out of jail and Red Hood uh, has Jonathan Crane now, and they work together. That's 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 the huge twist. Yeah. So, overall, it is a passable episode. Once you have those nuggets of information, you can move on. You're not going to learn anything else. If they're going to flashback, it's just the escape scenes. There's no, like, seeds of what's Cadmus, no character that we're introduced to that will end up playing a major role. And that includes the Bureau of, of Policing, or what the fuck they call it. Um... Because I just thought that was just kind of a, a shitty fan service pull pull off. Um, <clears throat> so here, let's get started. <clears throat> Previously on Titans, hey, it's Blackfire for season two. Hey, the Red Hood, it's the bad guy. It's Jason Todd reveal. He drugs the people. The mom's like, oh no. Uh, the tattoo lady's like, ah, oh, let me out of here! And it snaps her neck. They really love that scene. Like, it's really dramatic, but it's really fucking hokey. It sucks. This is Titans, Season 3, Episode 4, Blackfire. <clears throat> the, the drug people, the, the tattoo lady snaps neck, uh, Alka-Seltzer in the mouth. Um, oh, um... Starfire has visions, fire balls in the in the kitchen. Uh, Hank is at, with the ticking mom. Oh no, I blew up. Ah, we're sad. And now we're recapped. Where it, it, it's like a rundown of like part of season two and part of the last. And I will be honest, normally when it comes to previouslys, I kind of like it when it's like the last episode recap and not just like, hey, here's something that you might remember from like season one or season two. So that way, when this shows up, you're like, who the fuck is that? Oh, that's it. I get why that's there. But it's, um, it never really feels like a, a previously other than a, hi, you're new here. This is all you need to know. Um, <clears throat> so now we go to our cold open. Uh, Scarecrow has three blue pills. He takes them, uh, cause he's an asshole. Did it mention that, 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 that's still lingering in, in the lawsuit? of his actions on the set. The guy who plays Jonathan Crane. He sucks, apparently. So anyway, the guy who sucks ate some, like, fake pills and he got sick. 
uh, a white shirt Arkham guy brought a knife and tries to kill him. The cops grab the white shirt and pull him away like a really shitty pro wrestling match. And then goes, Red Hood will get you! Red Hood will get you! Uh, and as the guy is escorted out of the tunnel, uh, like a shitty rock concert guy who just interrupted the stage, uh, Crane just stares at the ceiling, just confused. He's not even hurt or scared or anything. And then we go to our classic favorite Titans theme song. We start out with a close-up of the sink as Superboy is washing some dishes in the sink, in the kitchen. Keep in mind, this is Bruce Wayne, a guy who can afford a dishwasher, probably could afford a heavy-duty dishwasher, one that doesn't require a sponge and a cloth. Even the most high-quality dishwashers don't really need the ones with the food. You could just super spray with, like, a power hose, and you'll be fine. But no, 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 we have Superboy washing dishes with a, with a blue cloth. He is sad because he he tried to save Hank, and, and Superman would have helped him. Superman would have saved Hank. Gar goes, uh, "Hey, buddy, chill. It's okay. You're you're fine. We all tried." <clears throat> then Superboy goes, "How about just stop the bullshit and just come up and say it? If I wasn't a fucked up half breed, none of this would have happened." And then I was like, what the fuck? And then he goes, I'm talking about the Lex part of me. It's like everyone was waiting for him to take over. So everybody, do your happy dance now because Superboy definitely did not save the day. Uh, as Gar says, he'll be okay. Look, we all make mistakes. We're all learning this all thing. Superboy goes, yeah, that's great advice from a green tiger. And then Gar says, yeah, you're right. Because you're not super. And then flips him off, like, with two middle fingers. And then, I guess, turns his back to look at a stove. Because edgy. I I mean, he, there was nothing at the stove. There was no sign of prepping any food or anything. And then cut to Don walking in to interrupt. And let Superboy know, it's okay. It's not your fault. Because she was the one that pulled the trigger, and actually, she's right. She pulled the trigger. That's what killed Hank was to pull the trigger, explode the thing. Uh, because it was Jason Todd's twisted prank, like something straight out of the Joker. Whoa! Don gives a big hug to Superboy, letting him know he misses him too. It's not his fault. We tried to save him. Uh, Dick Grayson... Uh, I think then enters the shot to look a bit at what happened, but it was one really poor ass shot. Uh, and then uh, I guess to show that he was there, maybe, uh, even though it just looked like he was in an outside wine cellar. We cut to an airport. <clears throat> Don leaves for Paris. Remember Don? Remember Haw Hank and Dove and Dove is Hank, Hawk and Dove and Do Hank and Don. Don leaves for Paris to see what life would be like without Dove, D.C. Dick, well, well, Dove, let me tell you what happened. Insurrection fucking happened. You let it happen, Dove. Now the insurrectionists hit D.C. and they're trying to stop the steal. And if you could have stopped it, Dove, but no, you just had to make sure those insurrectionists showed up. Fuck you. <laughs> no, um, Dick Grayson then says goodbye at the this private jet. Jason has to be stopped. But how he stopped is how he stopped matters. Deathstroke damage, damaged us all, but none of us turned into a killer. Speak for yourself. Don reminds him of the time she told him not to be Batman because she saw how Gotham makes people bad and terrible. Saying Bruce was onto something by walking away, and so was Hank when he left vigilante work to become a bike cop. Don offers Dick a chance to join her in Paris and leave it all behind. But Dick quips, you know how I hate flying. 
they hug and say, love you, bye-bye, love you, bye-bye, bye-bye, Dawn, bye-bye, bye, bye-bye, Dawn, see you later, maybe until, like, later on in the season, bye-bye, future episode, bye, Dawn, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye, Dawn, you'll dress up and instantly show up at the last moment in a surprise twist, bye-bye, Dawn, bye-bye, now you're out, and I will have to write for you for, for a few episodes, bye-bye, bye, Dawn. Bye, Don. I hope you have fun. Bye, Don. Uh, We wrote you off similar to Raven. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Raven. Good night. Bye, Raven. We have like 20 characters. We have to write them off somehow. Bye, Don. Bye. Beep, beep. Oh, what's that? It's the phone call. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, who's that? It's Babs. Hi, it's me, Commissioner Barbara Gordon. How are you holding up? Um, I'm at the hangar. How is Dawn? She's on the plane. This is real riveting stuff. Anyway, exposition time. As he goes to a car, he gets told there's a hit out on Jonathan Crane, and it's from Red Hood. And they took him, and they're moving him to a secure location. He got shanked, and he's going to Blackgate. So, yes, folks, snitches get stitches. <clears throat> As she explains that they are investigating who Red Hood has on the inside, she tells him he's moving to Blackgate in an hour and are just waiting for the B.O.P. The B.O.P., folks. That's right. Birds of Prey. We got it, folks. We got Canary. We got Cassandra Kane. We did it, folks. My, one of my favorite movies, The Birds of Prey, you know, and the fantabulous emancipation of the one Harley Quinn. We got it. Huntress might be there. I'm excited we finally get our Birds of Prey TV show that wasn't that CW show. This is going to be awesome. Yes. Oh, wait. We'll wait on that one. <clears throat> hey, maybe take it easy for a couple of days because of the loss of your friend Hank. Then he goes in this car and goes vroom, vroom. Then back at Wayne Manor, uh, Beast Boy uh uses a pizza oven to make a large pizza it's a really big cheesy pizza M- probably vegan i don't fucking know Corey enters and beast boy asks hey Corey, would you like a pizza slice it's delicious and then glowy green eyes lead to a fireball pew pew hey remember in season one when we found out Corey lived in like a storage wars container and was filled with all this lore it's just kind of weird i was all just thrown away you know like it all has some it has nothing to do with his recap. I just found it kind of weird, you know? Like, we went from, like, she lived in, like, a storage container to now, hey, she's in the Wayne Manor. I don't fucking know. <clears throat> anyway, fireballs. A fireball hits the shirt of Gar. He throws a pan at Starfire. She gets defensive. Then he gets pinned down into the chest, and, oh, no, back to normal. Gar goes, stay away from me. This leads to uh, Starfire waking up and going, shit, fuck, shit, fuck, which is going to be your lines of most Titans episodes. If you're new to Titans, you're going to get used to hearing the word shit and fuck used in the sense of like, that's a bad thing, shit, fuck, and and that's all the dialogue you can do. This is how you make a mature rated version of Titans. We watched the Daredevil uh, show on Netflix and we said we can do that too, and it's like, the more you look at it, it's it's maybe not necessarily Daredevil, maybe Iron Fist. Anyway, shit, fuck, shit, fuck you, fuck. Okay. Anyway, turns out the BOP is not the Birds of Prey, but rather the Bureau of Prisons. Bureau of Prisons. You know, being a DC fan here, seeing BOP come from Barbara Gordon, you assume Bird of the Prey, but no, Bureau of prisons just to remind you we have barbara gordon is commissioner gordon i'll let the bop handle that and it's the bureau of prisons just just punch me in the dick why don't you fuck shit fuck shit fuck boo all right uh, anyway, this guy named Sanchez shows up. He's in charge of the Bureau of Prisons or some shit. He talks to Barbara about it. 
reminding her it's maximum security. This is a maximum security prison. It's really hard to escape. This is, I mean, like top secret maximum security excavation. This is no way uh, Crane will leave here in one van out the other. Armed guards is going to be good stuff. Cut to Wayne Manor. <clears throat> Corey gets on the phone to the horny therapist. Remember Jimmy, the horny therapist? I think his name is Jimmy. Jimmy, the horny therapist. Hey, what's up? You want to boink sometime, Starfire? Yeah, I know. We want to fuck. I can't wait to see you back in San Francisco so we can fuck. No, uh, Jimmy is thinking, oh, yeah, time to, you know, just, just bonk the Starfire. We're going to have some sex. I have a nice romantic date. And then Starfire goes, yeah, yeah, hi, hi, Jimmy, the horny therapist. I need help. Uh, real help. I, I was asleep, fireball, pew-pew. I was sleep pew-pewing fireballs. I was, like, sleepwalking, but with pew-pew fireballs. Uh, I, I could have killed a friend of mine, and I, I need that because it, it's bad, pew-pew. Dr. Cole then says that you're a titan, you're griefing, it's life. You're human. It's natural. And then Starfire goes, that's just it. I'm not human. And then hangs up. At this point, I just want to point out here that maybe if we went to last episode, Hawk blew up, but he was an active duty cop at DC. Wouldn't the DC cops be like starting to figure out what happened to Hank? Hey, where's our buddy Hank? What happened to Hank? He blew up in in Wayne, like the like the rich old guy's house. Why did he blow up in the rich old? Why is he doing in the rich old guy's house? Anyway, a Starfire goes to Gar's bedroom. Gar puts on another green shirt because that's the only way you can find out he's Beast Boy, is to color green because everything is green. Why would you wear anything else? <clears throat> it explains that, that the visions that she's had and weird things are happening more frequently. According to Starfire, it's like I'm me, but I'm someone else, but watching me from the outside, and it's like they're pulling me somewhere, but I don't know where. Gar points out that when Rachel had visions, she embraced them, and Starfire doesn't know how to get those visions. <clears throat> Gar smirks and then leaves the room. She was, he like, he has a sneak plan, like, oh, I got an idea here. You get those visions. And then in the hilarious thing, Starfire didn't know to follow him. Anyway, Starfire should go on the sensory deprivation tank in the Batcave. You know, that sensory deprivation tank. You know, the thing like Joe Rogan does on DMT. Because Batman uses it to meditate and focus. This could help you out. He explains how it's super safe and protective. So she goes inside the box. As she's lying there, here comes the cool green eye thing, flash forward thing. She is in the tunnel and then sees the ceiling. She is tied to a stretcher and can't move. She is getting pulled into a light in a red corridor and then sees her reflection in the mirror and screams. This is fucking the most season one episode tied in so far. It... It sucks and it's skippable. I wrote that in the notes. My note recap. It, this is this is the suckiest episode of season three so far. You could just ignore this episode. Uh, right as she exits the door, the door transition as Crane goes out of Arkham. He brings up TurboTax, a black gay, as some joke about taxpayer money funding all the shit. Crane made a quip thinking it was going to be a day spa. <clears throat> Dick Grayson beats the shit out of security guards at Arkham, assuming those guards are uh, with Red Hood. He breaks Crane out of the armor van, and they go speeding in the vroom vroom car. Pew pew! Red Hood seized him with a sniper rifle, just hanging by some scaffolding alongside Arkham for repairs. Thanks for stopping by, Red Hood. <laughs> Crane talks about Alfa Romeo cars, which is one of his favorites. He loves Italian cars because of Sprezzarella. I'm not doing a fake Italian accent. What? What? Want me to be canceled online? Sprezzarella. Something that looks really simple, but it's actually very complicated. Crane is scared he'll get shot by Grayson because there's a gun on the driver's seat. Uh, and then they keep going beep beep. 
Corey then wakes up in the 1970s car like at that one episode. And she's traveling. There's a guy asking to get out of the trunk of the car. It's Gar. It's comedic man Garfield Logan. Hilarious. He explains that she went into a trance, broke out of the chamber, and then when Gar tried to stop her, punched him in the face. And then, I guess, kidnapped him in the trunk of this crappy car. That's bad. And then Gar goes, I'm sick of taking care of all of you. You... Connor, everybody sucks. You suck. As she was driving, she was asleep, and her vision being explained was Blackfire. Your sister, the crazy one that killed your parents? Corey feels like Blackfire forced her to be here in the middle of nowhere. Gar suspects the spot where the car could be is a clue and asks Corey to move that car. As Garfield Logan touches grass... There's your weed joke for the day. He reveals a hatch and tells her the psychic GPS led her to the hatch. Now let's go what's inside. She wants to go in. Gar reminds her the last time that happened, Blackfire killed the boyfriend. Find out what's in the hatch or keep daydreaming and punching Gar in the face. Looks like we're going into the hatch, guys. Sanchez looks at security video and talks about how this Dick Grayson fella, uh, and basically Barbara Gordon's there too, and it's like, oh, he used to be Detroit PD, then San Francisco, now he's back in Gotham. I, he's not part of Gotham PD. Is he still a cop though? I don't. He never. It's never really specified. But according to Barbara, Grayson was using Crane as a consultant for the Red Hood case and lost a colleague to Red Hood, so he got a bit emotional. He probably went through the security guards just to get to Crane. Uh, Sanchez is confused that Gordon would talk to Grayson about surrendering Crane. Out of respect to your father and because it's a shitty job that nobody else would, you have until midnight, and then it's a BOP matter. So then she calls Grayson on the phone in the car. Hey, can you bring back Crane? I will. Better get that in writing. Hey, is that him listening? Yo, Babs. Gotta go. So then she goes to the assistant. I want an APB on a black Maserati. Crane wants to know about this hawk. He gets pissed and then right turns into a detour. Red Hood is a monster. We got proof of that now. But I can help you. Just... Let me know what to do. Dick Grayson then says, Shut up and enjoy the spreads to Ella. Because quippy. Quippy line. That was a callback to something he said. You know, I will stop right here for a second here. Dick Grayson's comedy is usually funny. This is more like him being an asshole. Again, I don't think whoever wrote this knows what comedy is. I, I think when you were trying to do funny Batman and it comes across as just, oh, he's just a fucking dick. And it's like, yeah, because Dick Grayson, I five. No. It's just like, this is. Are any of these people likable? Like, I, I don't I don't think any of these people are likable. Like, like, for instance, Gar. I'm not helping you anymore. I'm sick of helping everybody. And then Corey talks about the story. Okay, I guess I'll help you now. No, no. If you're doing your venting thing, that's the cue where you just fucking become a tiger and run out to the forest. Like, it's just... It never. It's like it's bottling up on Beast Boy. She He blurts it out, and then nothing gets resolved about these. I want either a fight. I want him to leave something. I want him to call Raven. So far, there's no Tegan Croft as Raven in this series so far. Just the first couple of seasons, maybe? I don't fucking know. (sighs) Okay, so now we're going to the hatch. Corey and Gar go down wet tunnels. As she's looking up, she notices the roof looks like the tunnels from the flashbacks that she sees in her dreams in in those, you know, the the, the Raven Simone. That's the Raven shots. She sees the doorway. And it's the place from the dreams. 
it looks like a generic foundry, but then there's a little cube in the center with lights that look like a prop from HBO Watchmen and sees Blackfire asleep and smiling. Suddenly, cut to, a scientist goes, oh, snap. Oh, wow, I may have been stuck here all along in isolation, but my theory's correct, and I'm, I'm sorry for, it's, this is like Cuckoo Puff's crazy, but then magic happened. You probably have lots of questions, don't you? Uh, cut two. The Maserati is driving, uh, driving footage in the woods. Dick Grayson finds a no trespassing sign and unlocks it. Crane gets out of the passenger side and tries to flee in the woods and then gets caught in the net. That's right. Jonathan Crane, master psychological analyst who is famous for playing Scarecrow, the one of the big main Joker villains in recent joker villains recent batman villains of recent history like the last 50 years of bat family lore you have that that the scare toxin you have the what scares you batman you know the maggoty thing in batman begins uh you had the jonathan crane be a major character in the gotham tv show remember gotham hey remember gotham on fox you guys ever watch that show? He gets ever watch that Gotham? How about Pennyworth? Guys on real? I think that's on uh, what I was gonna say reels, but I think that's on like stars. Pennyworth, guys. Pennyworth and Gotham. Look, the the Batman lore is really big on TV these days. All right. Um. Anyway, uh, the. As Jonathan Crane gets stuck in the net because he's apparently a big old baby idiot, uh, he's taken to a cabin in the woods. Like he's going to get chopped up or something. Crane says, I have nothing to do with your friend Hawk. Grayson says, Crane was the one that made Jason into a monster. The attack on Arkham was phony. Crane was not does not have a hit by the Red Hood. It was an excuse to get him out of Arkham and Blackgate. Red Hood is Scarecrow's protege, and he's going to come and save him by going to this woods and freeing him. Crane believes that Dick Grayson's overestimating him. Dick then tells him this is where Bruce took him and Jason for training. Well, thanks. Just fucking tell him all the stuff about... I guess everything's just... The, the fuck, why even bother telling people you're Nightwing or Rob? Just fucking just, you know, just tell everybody. You don't think he's just going to blabber that out to everybody? From the looks of things, it seems like uh, the Scarecrow in this like TV show, he'll just say anyone's personal secrets. He'll, like, I, he, I bet he'll say, like, yeah, someone's a bedwetter. Yeah, whatever you're a doll in your bed, what the bed, it's okay, though. I didn't tell everybody, just, you know, a few people, because I thought it was funny. What? It's not like I talked about the time you drew that erotic fan fiction about Sailor Moon. Come on. Um, uh, so then uh, Crane wonders why would Red Hood go into a trap so voluntarily? Because that's something in Jason's M.O. He's impulsive. Uh, and you did this. This is you, Jonathan Crane, Red uh, Scarecrow. You helped make the, the Jason Todd into Red Hood. To which then he responds, Oh, oh no, no, buddy, no, no. I got news for you. He came broken. He just, we just rebuilt him. It was easy. He, he came broken. He came in broken. He, I just rebuilt him. And it was easy because of SF. What a twisted mindfuck wish he thought himself. Isn't that what you do for all the young people that you fail, abandon them, or kill them? Basically, what he thought was he came broken, and because of San Francisco, Jason Todd was fucked up, which makes no sense because Rose was there, and there was theater and all the shit. Anyway, what twisted mindfuck. I, I wish I thought of it myself. Because isn't that what you do to all the young people that you fail? Abandon them or kill them? How is the little witch girl, by the way? Or the mute boy? Oh, oh, sorry. You must be so sorry about that right now. 
Well, somebody finally said something that's truthful. I guess, like, it's been season three. They haven't written anything about Raven or Jericho. So, yeah, what happened to him? What happened to Jericho? Last time we checked, it was at the music store, and that was it. Just having a good time working in music. Uh, Anyway, cut to the bunker. So why is my sister here, says Starfire? Because we're a Defense Department contractor tasked with extraterrestrial threat assessment and executing containment strategies as needed. She's hostile. Uh, The infrared light, the cold air, the metallic chromium inside the holding areas. These are all methods of tamping down Blackfire's energy. So her powers are gone. Well, mostly... But her brain scans still show that she still possesses extrasensory de- perceptions, so it appears that she was able to psychically communicate her whereabouts to you. The only other Tamaranian on Earth. So your organization goes around imprisoning and experimenting on aliens that just happen to land on Earth? Oh, no, no. Are you going to lock me up? No, 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 of course not. I'm a solitary remote op. You know, with one inmate, so even if I wanted to. Also, I'm a huge fan of yours, Starfire, and yours too, Beast Boy. And I, like, I don't know his fucking name, but in closed captions, it says Dr. Kine. It just says Kine, so I'm assuming, yeah, it's, you know, maybe Professor Kine, or just Kind. Anyway, she goes into this chamber and talks to Blackfire. Commander Coriander. Anyway, Cory doesn't miss after what she did to her. Blackfire didn't think she would see her again after what happened, thinking that's all a joke. Blackfire thinks it's best to put her out of her misery. Starfire is confused why she called her telepathically to kill her. Being a prisoner on this Blackwater planet is a dishonor. I would rather die than maybe you should for all the lives you've taken. After what you did to mom and dad and Fide, you killed Fide. And didn't you come to Earth to kill a child, Starfire? Things were different then. I'm different. You don't believe in Tamaranian law, all the things we learned from mother and father. But you turned your back on them, and you killed them. You're just as broken. It was a pit. Zahal's mouth. It was a pit, a prison for a child. Uh, and you were never punished like me. And they would go about how she was mean deserved it. Anyway, tying up the scene, Fide's death was on Starfire because she was broken years ago. Then they start fighting in the cell because that's what you do when you have a nice prop and, you know, you're about midway through the entire episode. You have to do a little, you know, slappity coo. You get a slappity clip. No, they're, they're punching. Gar and Dr. Kine look at the cage and the footage inside the cell. Gar wants him to stop it. And Kine just looks back and says, the powers are practically zero in there. So more fight sequence. Kick, kick, kick. Punch. There's a twisty kick. Punch, punch. As Starfire is about to throw a final blow, Blackfire says, do it, please. And then Starfire refuses. Blackfire then goes, I hate you. I know. And then she says, you should be kept in this box for justice. So, is this a story about the industrial prison complex? Outsiders uh, going into this country in those holding containers that are ICE? Is this an immigration story now? Or is this a grippling battle about race within our own justice system that's very unfair? I know what you're saying. All of these sound way too smart for the show that gives us man-ass every few episodes. And a guy is saying, fuck you, every other episode. So Dr. Kine opens up, pushes a button, it goes red. Blackfire just immediately stunned and goes to the ground nearly dead. I am who I am because I never had a sister fight me, Coriander. Does some bowing. Let's go back to the cabin in the woods. Crane eats from a can. Probably it's beans. Don't fucking care. Grayson turns to get firewood. Puts it in the fireplace. Uh, so what's your plan here? I told you. Wait for Red Hood and take him out. No, no. I mean in Gotham. You stepping into daddy's shoes? Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, we all want to please our parents. That's why I became a doctor. And you see how that worked out, right? <laughs> uh So we all get stuck on this hamster wheel of trying to live up to the expectation of others. And 
we always think that it's somehow going to turn out different, but the outcome is somehow always the same. Dick wants to know if that's what he told Jason. Crane says, no, that's what I told you. He says, you come back and want to bathe Gotham in blood as if it's somehow a better outcome than anything that Batman ever did. Bruce was a psychopath. He was using fear to control everyone, including his sons. He did it to Jason, and he did it to you. And points out both him and Jason use fear as a weapon. And when it's used, it hurts people you care about, like Hawk. And it's still Bruce's game, isn't it? Dick smirks and talks about how Bruce used to say, Fear is your friend. Fear reveals your weakness, and it gives you a chance to make it your strength. I I mean, like, now first of all, this is Brenton Twakes doing an American accent, and it's a pretty good American accent. But now I gotta hear that in the, like, I hear him say, Bruce Wayne says this. And I'm like, Bruce Wayne. So I'm led to believe the Bruce Wayne that we had in, in this show gave him this intel, this, this piece of information. Fear is your friend. Fear reveals your weakness, and it gives you the chance to make it your story. Why did I say that in Elmer Fudd's voice? <laughs> That's not more Elmer Fudd than fucking Bruce Wayne. They didn't even sound like the fucking Titans. <laughs> Fear is your friend. Fear reveals your weakness, and it gives you the chance to make it your strength. <clears throat> I got doing like a crappy like. Fear is, <coughs> Fear is your friend. Fear reveals your weakness, and it gives you the ch- No, that's so fucking Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Fear is your friend. Fear. <coughs> I'll try and do a Batman voice. How about just doing a bit like a Kevin Conway? <coughs> Fear is your friend. Fear reveals your weakness, and it gives you the chance to make it your strength. There, I'll just leave it at that, and we'll just keep fucking going. Crane then made sure to make him afraid in the process. Uh, Dick then tells him the story about how Bruce left him alone in the woods. Cuts to a flashback of a young Dick Grayson being chased in the woods by a wolf. Crane, still playing the the manipulator, goes, You are just a child. And those were the lessons that he taught you? It's not your fault. But you didn't mean to make sure that this doesn't happen to someone else. That it stops with you. Now you let Gotham take care of Gotham. The water will find its level. Stop trying to find something here. Anyway, perimeter breached. Here comes Jason Todd, the Red Hood. <clears throat> the thing is, though, I have proved myself. That night, when I was a kid without Bruce... So then we cut to the cabin with a young Dick Grayson. He's covered with a face covered in blood, and he throws a fucking knife on the table like he's a serial killer. And then as he's just, like, exhausted, <laughs> he throws the fucking bloody wolf skull-like head onto the table. There's a knife that's bloody and a bloodied-up, like, wolf head. Yes, it's a really crappy-looking wolf head. It looks like a stuffed animal, but the, just pretend it's an actual wolf head okay because then i gotta point this out here <clears throat> dick grayson our beloved big butted uh, you, you know your cutie pie uwu boyfriend everyone just has a crush on in the dc universe that they all like i love dick grayson such a hottie cutie pie oh lovely guy you know he just love the back flips and the butts and oh it's so cutesy wootsy yeah, he, he not only kicked a puppy, he, he kicked that wolf, stabbed it, stabbed it, stabbed it again, then tore off its head and felt no sympathy whatsoever. What a fucking lovely person. Why did I say he's my favorite superhero again? <laughs> I need to make changes here. Uh, so if you're listening to this right now, please send me a, an at on Twitter at Jordha with what you think should be my new favorite superhero because uh, no, is it, is it, did Gambit in the X-Men ever like fucking stab a, a wolf? It did, 
did I mean like I I mean I've seen Invincible, so no need to explain that. Uh, it uh, is is. If I start reading like uh, Watchmen and just say, "Yeah, my favorite's Warsh," oh, never mind. There's a whole lot of racism in that. <laughs> maybe don't have. Maybe don't no ma- no masters, no gods, no masters. Uh, don't put never meet your heroes, kids. Don't put them on a pedestal, because that is just horrendous. Not a lovely person. I shouldn't have been afraid of the wolf. The wolf should have been afraid of me. Yeah, that's this is the best writing of a fucking show. So now Dick is about to plan the attack with the Red Hood. But back to that A plot or B plot, I fucking don't know anymore. It's the, the one in the bunker, okay? We're going back to the bunker. We're going back to the set from Lost that they were just rented for the day. Dr. Kine says, It's great to have you here, Starfire. Remind you, Blackfire will remain here till she is no longer a threat to Tamaron or to Earth. I'm glad you could see it my way. Nothing bad here, folks. And remember, while her powers are gone, there is no guarantee that her powers will be somehow restored if she leaves the cell. If she leaves the cell, uh, there's the powers might be restored, and bad things could happen. Just let that linger for a while, folks. In this great expletive scene, you know, in case someone ever breaks her out of a jail cell, we just brought this up moments ago, but she's in a jail cell, but what if she does leave the jail cell in this episode that's not even midway through the season to maybe create some sort of story arc, you know, it might be a bad thing because she could use her powers and that and her earthlings and you. So don't do this. Just... Just don't, whatever you do, do not take her out of this plastic gel cell box. It looks like the thing from that GameCube commercial. Once again, in case she leaves the cell, she can get her powers again and possibly do villainy things. They point out it could take hundreds of years. And he points out that, yeah, that could be without any oversight from anybody. She could be stuck there for life. So now we cut to Gotham Police. Barbara's assistant, who I still don't know her name, tracked Grayson's car, points it at Arkham, traveled to Blackgate, then took a detour for a mountainside 150 miles away. Barbara noticed this location, most likely because she's Batgirl. She probably did training there herself, too. And then said, I need a helicopter. Cut to the fucking bunker again. We're just back in the fucking bunker. Gar says, is it a good idea to have her stuck here for the rest of her life? Starfire then says, it's just, just like the pit. Fuck, I don't think so. Come on. So then they return to the cage and then smash it and then break her free. She punches the gel cell and frees Blackfire. Let's just talk about this for a second. She was in a fight with Blackfire moments ago. She killed the family members. She killed the boyfriend. She's blaming her for the death of the boyfriend. And beat the shit of her to an inch of her life to the point of death. Wanting her to die, but not dying. Just let justice run her course. Nah, actually, you're not going to be stuck here for life. We're breaking you out, sis. You deserve sympathy, because sisters or humanity or Starfire and Peace Boy are just stupid assholes. And we need to make sure there's a villain to the end of the season besides Red Hood, because they really dropped this whole Cadmus thing. Like, Beast Boy is, I'm really sick of, of taking care of others. I'm sick of taking care of you and taking care of Superboy. You know what? I think I will help free your evil sister from this gel cell Starfire. What the fuck just that? What? So anyway, uh, back to I'm breaking my sister out of the jail cell. Dr. Kine, the nerdy guy who just really loves Starfire and Beast Boy. Hey, buddy, no, don't do that. No, just stop. No, 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 don't do that. No. Beast Boy steals a metal doohickey from the table. Dr. Kine goes, hey, you don't take her. Okay, okay, go out. 
Oh, no. <laughs> don't do... No, no. Don't do it. No. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be bad, folks. So then Dr. Run runs and s- tries to stop her from taking black- Blackfire. Says she's owned by the U.S. government. Corey then says, move out of the way or I'm going to burn your dick off. What? Corey then says, move out of the way or I'm going to burn your dick off. So we're really just going to just treat this guy like a beta cook in this. So then he tries to smart ass. go, the firepower might not be at full capacity yet. Want to find out? And then he walks, he just moves out of the way. Blackfire shoves the doctor into the wall. If you leave, she's no longer our responsibility. We don't have the capacity. She'll be your problem now. What else is new? Cut to an explosion. Gar gets a car. Blackfire doesn't trust our firing, getting into the car. It goes both ways. And then they both drive off. Let's cut to the cabin now. There you are, Dick Grayson. Let's get this over with. Oh, sorry. It's this is the Red Hood voice. There you are, Dick Grayson. Let's get this over with. I don't know what happened to to Curran. <laughs> he looks at the sniper and sees Dick Grayson walking into the camper, but surprise, Nightwing was behind him, and he's gonna do a fight sequence. So there's some pew pew gun 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 gun. The scrimmage stick goes pew 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 pew. There's some pew 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 pew. Come to touch Some flippity flips, flippity flips. Pew pew pew, flippity flip. I'm electric bolts from the scrimmage stick. You know all the fan servicey stuff. Whenever you see any fan art with Red Hood or Nightwood in a fight, whenever Nightwing and Red Hood are in a fight, and it's always that same kind of fight sequence. You know the gun's about to go off and the scrimmage stick's getting blocked off. That same shot over and over again and flippity flops. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, I don't think matters in the long scheme of things. It's a very forgetful fight sequence, but you haven't had a fight sequence in, except for the one that was in that gel cell, which is now not matter because I guess we're friends now. We're freeing you out of this gel cell. <clears throat> so they're doing the fight sequence. Nobody will matter. They're just going to gif this, uh, put it on Tumblr, and get their easy 40,000 likes from all the bad family uh, fan service people. That's all that matters with the show. Anyway, it is revealed it's a holographic wall. Uh, that's why nobody notices the cabin. Crane thought he could make a break for it a second time and then gets electrocuted on the electric fence. That's what I call don't take a piss on the electric fence. All right. Uh, then monologue. With Red Hood and Nightwing. Come on, dude. You're just a copy. Everything you did was because you wanted to be just like you. You don't want to be him. It's not like that. It's not that easy. So then a helicopter flies overhead. It's a guy with a sniper. The feed is busted in the Gotham City Police Department. It costs $6 billion bucks. So your tax money at work. Uh, do you have uh side of red hood i do do can i shoot him clear so then he takes the shot but unfortunately hits nightwing not red hood ah my arm ah red hood runs out uh, into the woods red hood not only left shit fuck but jonathan crane is left with with him because they went to the the cabin and sees empty chains so now there's no Jonathan Crane in in the chains. They left. Red Hood left with the Jonathan Crane Scarecrow. Shit, shit. Shit. Shit, shit, fuck. Shitty fuck. Fucky shit. Go fuck yourself. So then we cut to the end credits where Oh Bandage Up Yours by X-Ray Specs plays. And that concludes today's episode of Titans. Wow, what thrilling things will we see next episode? Will we see another chase to get Red Hood? Will we see Nightwing having to sit down and not do any action to recover? So that forces a Tim Drake finally to show up. 
Does uh, does do we see anything of what happened to Donna Troy or Raven? Do we find out what happened to Aqualad? Do we find out what happened to Jericho? Do does any of this matter in the grand scheme of things? Does did they kind of screw up the whole thing by putting her there? Yeah, but maybe they kind of want to have a fight sequence. I don't fucking know. But it it's it's just a not good episode. It's horrendous. Uh. I think it was the lackluster. It is kind of the bad moments of the first two seasons of Titans in a single episode. Uh, but it's with the budget of an HBO Max show now. Goody. I feel like there's once again breadcrumbs that will have no payoffs at this point, but who's to say? It's a very skippable episode. You don't have to hear it. Anyway, uh, as we, before we leave... There's always something you can watch on uh, HBO Max besides Titans. Uh, I'm being told by my friend Jack this is his favorite part of the show because he doesn't care about Titans. So he just skips ahead to watch the HBO Max show. And he says that I, I'm sick and tired of this having three minutes. It's so it's too quick. It's too quick, Jordan. We the, you, you only talked about the HBO Max show for three minutes. So... Hopefully, we'll spend more time about this one. Uh, HBO Max uh, has a lot of libraries, and one of which is the Adult Swim collection, because Cartoon Network, and by association Adult Swim, is owned by Warner Brothers. Because of Warner Brothers and the Time Warner Library. Uh, because at the time, you may notice, uh, the Ted Turner, who owns TBS, TNT, and the Cartoon Network, uh, got bought by the... Uh, by the Warner Company. So Warner owns those channels and by association, Cartoon Network programs and Adult Swim. Why am I bringing up Adult Swim? Because uh, one of my favorite Adult Swim shows is on HBO Max. It's called C-Lab 2021. So when I was a kid, like C-Lab just started started and it was like a really cool idea because almost like space goes they took like existing footage of c-lab 2020 and they reinvented it by making it like a silly sitcom sort of deal uh and with all sorts of really good lines really good characters and in many ways i will almost compare it to an animated it's always sunny in philadelphia in many regards it's just in an isolated a uh, water fortress um all the episodes, as far as I could remember, are there. And I, what I did was I watched a couple episodes, and it's clean. Real high-quality uh, episodes of C-Lab. I don't know if it was always digital, or they just went to Turner and took the digital videos that they had and just uploaded them. Uh, it's not like a DVD upload, which is what I was kind of weird by. It, it's a very good quality version of the cartoon. Uh, if you've never seen uh, C-Lab 2021 before, animated uh, series based on C-Lab, uh, there's different characters uh, that you, you can enjoy. And it's just, um, there's there's Quinn, there's uh, Stormy, uh, there's two Debbies, but I'm not going to say their names because kind of like uh, Code Monkeys, uh, it maybe didn't sit, sit well anymore, but it's a sign of the times. Um, and of course, Hank. Uh, so it's, it's just, this like, usually it's this like lazy space explorer show where they just goof off and talk. They'd never want to go out and like see any animals or do anything. But my favorite episode ever of C-Lab 2021, I think this was first season. I, I'm not doing the research, uh, necessary because it's not an adult swim show. This is not an adult swim podcast. Uh, it was, and I, it was not the episode I saw, which I need to find again. It was just a still image of the sea lab, but just sort of just with the watery effects to keep it motiony, and it's just them talking, and you're just hearing Foley, and it's just Foley and audio, so it's like an audio drama with this one back, and as the show progresses, explosions blow up the sea lab, and I thought that's really hilarious and fun, and just because it's something simple but gets the message across of what your story was in the episode. So I thought that was just one of my favorite episodes of C-Lab 21. Plus, 
we are living in the year 2021, so it's even more funny to see a, a group of people in isolation underwater being dicks to each other. Pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> kind of weird, though, because the show was, it, it, it was only, what, 20 years ago It's that show debuted? Like, at 2000? So it it's kind of fun to, to see, like, a 20-year-old show now on hbo max and it still holds up in many ways still makes me laugh uh so this is a psa for you guys to check out the adult swim library uh on hbo max if titans is not your thing don't worry rick and morty's there uh i believe um the tim and eric shows are there like awesome show great job we'll might look into some of those later as we try and find out what's the good shows to watch beside this Maybe next week I'll look into the White Lotus that everyone's been talking about that I should should check out. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look into this. We'll find out more. If you have any suggestions, let me know. That That's going to do it here for uh, Jordan Talks Titans. Skip the episode. Blackfire escaped. Uh, Dr. Crane escaped. Nobody cares. Superboy, I think, just sat around. He's just sat there. No, no, he did not do anything this episode. He he was just sad, and then they went, "Oh, tough luck. Sorry for your loss." And then they bolted out. It's really fucked up episode if you really think about it. Superboy is just like left crying and depressed, and everybody ditched him. It's not a good show. It's really a bad ensemble show. And if you're a fan of Superboy. Watch this episode. You will be pissed at Titans. Uh, so that is going to do it here for Jordan Talks Titans. As I've always said here, fuck, fuck, shit, shit, fuck, shit, shit, fuck, 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 shit, fuck, fuck the Joker.